Welcome, everyone, to our first episode of the Set the Meeting podcast. I'm your host, Banks Wilson, and I'm here with my co-host, Naomi Canella. And today on our podcast, we're joined with uh, a number of sales professionals, including Brenda Johnson, Chloe Ball, Nicholas Demaduke, Anastasia uh, Safakis. And thank you all for joining us today. I really do appreciate it. Um, today, we are going to discuss... Um, on how the people on this call manage a sales territory uh, to hopefully provide some insight and information uh, to other individuals in a sales profession. So I'm really looking forward uh, to the conversation with you all. Um, and without further ado, let's uh, begin with our first topic. So just kind of opening up to discussion here, we're talking about what inspired you to enter a sales profession. So um, when talking about entering a sales profession, for me, there's a number of reasons, but the biggest thing for me was basically instant gratification for completing a sale, right? You get a, you get a financial bump that comes with that. Um, and there's a lot of things that you can kind of gain from making a sale as far as like how it makes you feel. Um, and, and getting that financial part of it is, is huge for me. So I'll kind of open the floor to everybody here on how they want to answer why they entered a sales profession. Well, for me, it was actually a plan B. I got out of school, was supposed to go into social work, realized I was going to make zero money and said, whoa, I'm money motivated. Who knew? What can I do? I like talking to people. I'll try sales. And here I've been 30 years later. And the good thing about our company is there's so many areas you can go into. You can go into management, you can specialize in a vertical. And so it really, I still enjoy doing what I do every day. And I guess it comes down to being money motivated and also competitive. There's a competitiveness in, in winning a sale and taking care of a customer. A lot of satisfaction there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when I came into this job, I came from management, you know, so that that I definitely see the same thing there with being able to work with professional development, even though you're in a sales position, you know, and, and that's something that people kind of forget about as well. So I think that's a great answer. Um, anybody else want to add on to that? We cannot hear you, Nick, just so you know. Maybe that's there we thing. go. <laughs> it's always a good thing. Actually, 2022, you'd think I'd know how to use mute now. Um, but mine was also a plan B. I have an elementary education degree with a um, English and history major and a creative writing minor. So uh, selling copiers wasn't on my high list of priorities. Um, but same thing, when I came out of college, um, it was right after the recession had just ended and there weren't a lot of teaching jobs in Michigan. There were a ton of teaching jobs outside of Michigan. And I was a really, you know, still am a very family oriented person. And I didn't want to go move to Montana. So my aunt worked for a sales company. She said, give me your resume. I went in, I interviewed. And kind of to Brenda's point, I never knew how money motivated I was. And it's kind of that competition. You know, I love winning. And it just it feels good. And I see Chloe smiling because she's one of the most competitive people I think I know. And, it, and that just brings out, I think, a lot of good in people, too. I know it brings out some bad sides, but I think everyone pushing each other and, you know, coming from a team sports kind of, you know, background growing up, 
I like that mentality. We're all kind of working together towards one goal, but I want to be a little bit better than you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Anybody else want to give uh, their input? Anastasia, you probably have the coolest story. <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, I actually kind of fell into it. Um, I also don't come from a sales background, uh, very similar to the my, my two coworkers here. I, I don't have a background in sales. I have a background in learning development and psychology. And um, this was actually not my intended pathway, but um, I found myself in sales. And one of the reasons why I really enjoy it is I, I love creating relationships. I love helping people solve problems. And, you know, I think no matter what you sell or no matter what vertical you're in or, you know, whatever your sales is, I think you're always helping somebody uh, get from point A to point B. And hopefully that point B is somewhat better than where, where they were prior. So I, I like to leave people better than I found them. That's, yeah, and I think sales. That, yeah. And I think that you actually touch on a point of why you're probably successful in the position as well is, really working with people to try and make their operation more successful, right? So whenever you're, you have their best interests in mind, I really feel like you can meet a common ground with that customer or um, new customer and, and really show them that you're interested in helping their business. And that's, that's crucial whenever you're trying to find those certain things. So I think that's a really good point. Chloe, anything to add into this one? Uh, I'm in the exact same boat. This was not uh, something I ever saw myself doing, but I I think really the moral of the story here is not why did we get into it, but why are we in it, still in it today? And uh, yeah, I think money is a huge motivator. Uh, I'm definitely very competitive, but I really appreciate the flexibility and and the opportunity to make my own schedule. So I work a lot, but I don't always work 8am to 5pm. Uh, and, you know, having a family and having young children, it takes up a lot of time. So I I'm able to prioritize my family and doing things around my own time while still taking care of what I need to do for, you know, my career and taking care of our customers. That flexibility, that's so important, Chloe, how old are your kids? Uh, my daughter is six and my son is two and a half. Oh, mm-hmm. and well, Nick, we'll have to talk later. I was a teacher. Um, I came from the teaching, our teaching career into sales. So we'll have to touch base about that. And man, is it nice to like get those commission checks. You don't get any commission <laughs> on like kids getting A's or, you know, passing standardized tests. So uh, this is very nice. <laughs> I do. I do miss sometimes the snotty nose on my on my sleeve, though. I, I will. I will say that those little kids they they tug at your heart, they tug at your heart. But the four year old I have at home does that quite enough. So I get I get myself. Uh, well, the second question I have, um, there's this concept you probably have heard of. It's a book by Brian Tracy called Eat the Frog, and it means uh, quit, quit pr- procrastinating. So you get in the morning, Monday morning, you eat the frog, um, you take care of the things that you would normally procrastinate, things you don't want to do. Um, and what are some of those things that are eating the frog for you guys without being like specific to your company? How do you eat the frog? Whoever would like to start. <laughs> I would say that, you know, I'm, I am by nature a 100% uh, 
huge procrastinator. Like it's just who I am. I always have been. It makes in my brain makes me work better. But what I've found as I've matured through my career that procrastination isn't the best for the team, you know, because there's a lot of people who depend on what I am doing to complete the task. So a lot of those things that, you know, to Chloe's point, I don't always work eight to five, but I can guarantee that one time or another during the night, whether it's 8 a.m., 8 p.m., I'm opening my computer to make sure the tasks that other people have put on me are done. So that's kind of like what I need to make sure I do is everybody, is everyone taken care of? Have I done what they need me to do? Then I'll continue on with what I need to do for the day. Nick, that's an excellent point. And I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I tend to be very um, pressure prompted. I work best <laughs> under pressure. So procrastination, unfortunately, can be um, good and bad. But for me, I, I feel the same way. If I know that somebody's waiting on something from me, I like to be timely with that and get that stuff taken care of. And that's, you know, opening my laptop in the morning, finishing a few emails that I need to send, getting all of that extra stuff away that people are waiting on. That's really important for me. And then, uh, like Chloe said as well, like I don't always, you know, I, I'm flexible as well. I may not work eight to five, but there's always a point during the day that I'm working on prioritizing what needs to be done when. And I'm not at all a procrastinator. Uh, I never have been. That's I'm I'm a very anxious person, so I think that plays into it. That I'm constantly like I can't cannot wait to the last minute for things. Um, I'm impatient, so you know, waiting in general is just not my thing. But um, I also really don't like doing things that I'm not good at. So uh, I think those are the things that if I would hold those off um, or procrastinate at all. It would be doing those things that I am not good at or I don't like doing. So I put time on my calendar, like one of those things just in general. I'm not a huge fan, fan of prospecting. I know some people love it. I'm just, I don't love it. So uh, I put time on my calendar throughout the week that I make sure that I'm actually doing that, setting aside specific amounts of time and holding myself accountable. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a really good point as far as things that you're not good at. That's that's the way that I was going to go. That's the main thing for me. If there's something that I'm not 100% confident in my answer or how to deal with a certain situation, that's what I have problems with because I'll, I'll put it off until, oh, I'm going to ask somebody else on how I should handle this situation or, or what's going on here before I'm going to give my answer. And the things that come easy, right? The things that I know how to do, I'm going to deal with those right away so that I don't have to do them later. Um, so I, I, I completely agree with you. That's, that's where I, I fall at a fault, I would say, as far as um, procrastinating and, and, and things like that. I, I think that that's a really, really good point that you brought up there, Chloe. Um, Brenda, I'd love to hear from you on, on some things of eating the frog, as, as, as they say. Right. Um, I'm kind of like Chloe. I am very proactive. I don't like to be reactive. I don't like there to be a fire drill. I mean, we don't do brain surgery, right? So there really shouldn't be a reason for that. And I just like to keep myself super organized. So Sunday, a lot of times I'll find myself sitting at my desk, looking at stuff. I'm still a big list person. So I have a list going writing it down. So I make sure that I keep track of everything and nothing gets beyond me. And then, um, you know, crossed off when I'm done. 
So there's a little bit of satisfaction when you, you cross it off. And the list is always ongoing. There's always something going on or, hey, I need to get back with this customer or I haven't heard from them. I also, a lot of times, will keep things active in my email if there's a follow-up that I have to do, particularly with admin and you haven't heard something back, sometimes you have to get with them a couple of different times to get something done. So it's just really keeping myself organized. If I'm not organized, I feel out of control. And that's not a good place to be for my head. Yeah. And and it's kind of funny how different personalities deal with this situation. So like, I would say that you and Chloe are on the opposite side of the spectrum as far as like me, Nick, and Anastasia are with this for sure. Because I, just for example, like my sister, she is completely like you guys. She feels out of control if she doesn't have it set in schedule and kind of figured out and planned out. But I'm definitely a person who lives in chaos. So I, I really kind of enjoy and feel more comfortable whenever I don't know what's about to happen. Um, it, it brings more in- excitement, you know, so I think that's a. And, that's it's a not, and to kind of go back to like the first question of know why we got into sales and things you know all of us have been in sales quite a quite a long time here and you know we've grown as people grown as sales sales professionals you know before i worked with chloe and brenda and some of the other uh, co-workers that we have you know i was always like everyone should be just like me everyone should just be like it's carefree don't worry about it what's to brenda's point we don't cause cure cancer here we sell copiers what's the big deal but working with people like chloe like Brenda has really kind of made me see and open my eyes like, okay, this is kind of how I need to change my kind of, you know, work ethic and my day to day. So it is nice to see the other side of that circle, because like you, I live in controlled chaos. You look at my desktop right now. I mean, you'd have a heart attack. You'd be like, what yeah. is going on? But that's how that's, I like, I know where everything is. It's fine. Yeah, and I know that. And I appreciate those comments, Nick. <laughs> that you can, you can accommodate the type the type A people in your life. Yeah, and it's funny. I can I can speak for me and Anastasia. I'm sure if you looked at our desktop right now, we have about 40 tabs open with our uh, our Google or our Safari. So it be, it's just all over the place as far as tabs being open. I know that if <laughs> I were to show somebody like Chloe or Brenda that page, they would they would it would not make them feel comfortable in any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me, give me your computer. I'm gonna yeah. organize this. Let me, let me fix this better. for you because it's not, it's not working well. Um, I, I think that's great. I think those are great answers for, for that topic. So let's go ahead and let's move into the next one. So, next one we're going to talk about is, is kind of planning out your day, week, month, year, almost. So, kind of talking about how do you plan out your 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 day or your week or your month as far as like your meetings that are scheduled, um, your prospecting like we talked about, Chloe, um, and then also that admin work that you need to do or the paperwork or proposals that you need to work on for your customers. Um, do you have a set plan every week that you kind of go into, a set um, time of the month that you really do certain things. I know for me, it's kind of all over the place. Like we talked about, you know, um, I, I don't have really as far as set days and schedules, whenever I'm going to have, um, certain meetings or proposals done and things like that. Um, I know the one thing that I do have typically in my structure is Friday is my, is my, uh, get things done on my end day. So that means if I'm getting proposals or lease approvals, things of that nature, I tend to do that a lot on that day. And then Mondays, I, I crush out calls. Um, Mondays are my call day. I know that we have 
um, specifically us, we have a lot of meetings on Mondays um, across the company, but uh, I try and go in between those meetings making calls. And that's kind of how I spend my Monday and Friday. But during the week, it can be anything. So uh, whoever wants to get started on on planning kind of their day, month, week, you can go into year if you would like. Go ahead. Um, I, I've noticed that I was just thinking, do I really plan anymore? And I really don't. Um, when I, I think the first couple of years I, of being here, I did plan a lot more because I, I had, I didn't have as much knowledge. I didn't have as much going on and I had more time to plan. But now that I've, I mean, I've been here for 10 and a half years and there's always so much going on, uh, I don't make a plan because I know there's not going to be a day where I have nothing to do. Like that would be an, amazing, but that has, that's not going to happen. So I, I constantly have meetings and things on my calendar. And in between then is when I'm making those calls, doing, you know, credit applications, working with admin, doing whatever other 50 million things we're expected to do now on a day-to-day -day basis. I think it's kind of hard to plan, but Hey, I'm making it work. So I'm kind of like Chloe. I don't, um, I don't really have a solid plan. The one thing I will do at the beginning of a fiscal year is take a look at, okay, here's my quota. This is where I think my dollars are going to come from and make sure that I'm working that and being proactive with it. Again, there's my word proactive, right? Um, but I will, that's the kind of plan I would together. And if I have a shortfall, then I'm going to look and see how I'm going to fill that and um, reach out and, and kind of come up with a gap plan if there's going to be one. So that's really the only planning I probably do. Um, and then revisit that on a quarterly, monthly basis. Sure. And I know that yeah. there's, there's usually like one-offs, right? So there might be um, like for me, I, whenever I say I do all my, kind of admin things and things I have to do on Fridays, mostly there's always those one-offs where I'm going to have a meeting on, on Friday, or um, I have kind of a cold call block on a Friday whenever I don't typically plan for it, but that's whenever I was able to get to that in that week. Um, but that's kind of what I base my structure off of that, if that makes sense. So, um, but that's interesting to hear from you two, because we just got out of the conversation as far as being structured and organized. And then it's kind of like with your work week, that's not planned. So I'm interested to see what Nick and Anastasia have to say on this as well. Cause I mean, that's the opposite, right? Um, so I, every day I wake up, make a list. No, I'm just kidding. I don't make lists. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead, Anastasia, go. No, I, every day I wake up, I make a list and that is not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's not like a planning list. It's just I have so much stuff in my head that if I don't just get it on paper, it doesn't doesn't mean I'm doing it that day. I just have to get done or get down on the paper what my tasks are, what are my priorities. I, I'm I don't do a lot of planning outside of making sure that I have blocks of time um, throughout the week wherever I can fit that to to prospect. I am. I, I hate to keep mirroring Chloe, I'm sorry, but I am not the best with that. I love relationships and creating them, but the prospecting, prospecting aspect of it is, is definitely not something that I entirely enjoy. So I do have to make time and plan that. Outside of that, I don't really. Um, Mondays are kind of my mindset setting day 
where, you know, get back into the groove of things for the week. We do have a lot of meetings, which I think any company really Mondays are those meeting days. We have a lot of internal things going on um, and then kind of set my intention uh, for the week from there. So no, I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge planner. I'm a huge list maker. <laughs> yeah. I, and I kind of would echo Chloe or Chloe and Brenda as well, because my schedule is really dependent on those who I support. You know, I, I can definitely do some things throughout the day that, you know, I plan myself, but most of the time I'm supporting my reps and other people with, you know, driving somewhere, you know, working on proposals and things like that. The one thing that I, I plan every day and it works out, you know, when my daughter gets home, then work's over. Work is over for me until she goes to bed because, again, we're, this isn't brain surgery here. No one's life or death will will be relevant if like they're copiers down. So, but when she goes to bed and we do stuff around the house, um, I usually spend from nine to ten o'clock at night sitting in my lazy boy with some sports on, checking email or doing a proposal because that's my time that you know it's it's uninterrupted and that's kind of what i like because during the day to the point we can't make plans because things change so much like if you put a plan together that's great but we have fire drills every day every single day so it's more just like how can we pivot throughout the day with some of the things we've planned and the things that come up yeah i i think that those are all really really great answers for it now i kind of want to pivot off of this question because we talked about like planning your week month year things like that uh, if you do have i know this is a rare situation but stay with me here if you do have a day that you don't have something set as far as like a meeting or time to make cold calls or things like that how do you plan out one of those open days do you, do you do you kind of sit and and really think okay well maybe I'll make calls in the morning I'll do emails in the middle of the day and then if I have some uh, proposals that I need to put together I'll do that at the end of the day is there like a a game plan usually that you guys run through whenever you have one of those days my couch is really comfortable on those days. yeah my couch is extremely comfortable on those days okay okay I'm sure it's not Saturday yeah. <laughs> Self-care. And I'm, and I'm being a slightly joking and slightly serious that yeah. this job can, sales can be extremely stressful. And I don't know anybody in the whole world right now that even if you're not in sales, like we are experiencing something that we haven't experienced before. And it seems like there's constant chaos and the amount of responsibility and pressure that's put on us to do our job and perform so many additional tasks and roles. Um, if I have a day where there's nothing going on, I'm going to take advantage of that. And I'm going to you take like a mental health day. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Seriously. No. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't blame you for it. Right. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of days that aren't that way. And I, I think that going back to that living in chaos that me and Nick like to do um, is that makes me feel more comfortable. You know what I mean? I know that there's a lot that's on us and a lot of things that we have to take care of, but knowing that I'm going into a day and there are going to be things that come up makes me feel like I'm doing a good job. Does that make sense to everybody? Like, I feel like me being able to handle those things that are coming up gives me a sense of security on my position because 
I know that there's people out there that wouldn't be able to do it. Right. So I think that that, that kind of speaks to us in this profession as well as being able to do that, but great answers on that. I thought that that was a really good topic to cover with everybody here. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And uh, moving on to just kind of a fun question. Um, I My son plays baseball, so I ask this a lot more than I ever thought I ever would. Um, what is What would your walk-on song be? I love it. I love that question. What would your walk-out song be? So you're and walking up to the base. You're about to hit. You're a, th- a 330 batter. You've hit 30 out of the Parkers this year. And what would your walkout song be? If anybody has one right off the bat, they can go. But uh, mine would be Return of the Mac um, because I, I, I think that that's a very typical walkout song. I think it would get everybody pretty pumped up um, coming up to the plate. So that's gonna that's what I'll go with for my walkout song. September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ooh, September. Nick is the Ohio State marching band um, fight song. Is that what yours is? No, I know no, no, Nick loves that's that. That's Nick's. That's Nick's song. That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's worry. Nick's strikeout song. When Nick strikes out, yeah, that's exactly. what plays. <laughs> Brenda, Chloe, Anastasia, any walkout songs for us? I mean, Gr- Run the World. Beyonce, any Beyonce song. So, even totally. Like, yes. 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 I would probably, this is because I'm a Seattle fan too for football. Um, not college football enough. I'm sorry, Nick, but um, you talk NFL to me and that's great. Um, probably do Macklemore, Can't Stop Us. So, you know. I like that. I like that. Yep. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry, guys. That's okay, <laughs> not my forte. <laughs> I was running down like all the Lizzo songs, like which one, <laughs> maybe all of them, maybe like on my yeah. of Lizzo. Maybe like a mashup of a bunch, yeah. Well, thank you. I just wanted to interject some fun questions in there too. <laughs> I know. I, I tend to do the serious ones and then Naomi gets the fun ones here. So it's always fun to do that. But uh, let's move back and we're going to go to relationships with our customers. So we're going to talk specifically like current customers. And, and I know Nick that you're, you're on the support side of, of, of this. So it's, it, but it still applies in this question. So um, as far as like a perfect relationship with a current customer, what does it look like to you? And that can go a bunch of different ways, right? So a perfect relationship with a customer that, that I can see is that they're asking me the right questions, right? So if there's something with service, they're going to service and asking service. If there's something with invoicing, they're going to admin, they're going to our invoicing team um, to talk about certain bills that they're getting. And then if there's anything that they have questions on, uh, future of the business, maybe some ideas of how they want to improve their business, that's where I want to be in the conversation, right? So I think that we kind of blend in our position into a bunch of different roles, right? Where we're kind of the person that you go to for everything, or um, it's kind of been trained with the current customer that you're gonna get this solved for them because obviously you're trying to get sales in the future. So they know to come to you and that you're gonna handle it because you don't wanna tarnish the relationship, right? So I'd love to hear that for certain people because I know that there's people, for example, in our business that are okay with being a one-stop shop for everything, right? They're okay with being the person that gets reached out to for everything. So 
they're not really going to have issues with doing that. But just being honest with myself in that question, I would like to be the person that's reached out to for just certain topics, right? I don't want to be reached out for everything. But if you're if you're a controlling human right. being, or, yeah, or nothing. I'd like nothing. I'd like people to reach out to me for nothing. <laughs> uh, any any I, input I, on that one? Yeah, I unfortunately oh, sorry, have kind of feel like I've learned that I have to be the one stop shop. I can't trust anybody to take care of my customers the way I want them to be to be handled. Um, I would have to say, Nick, I would give him kudos. I will step aside and let Nick handle any of my customers because he's going to take care of them the way that I want them to be taken care of. But there's very few other um, other things that I would give up and not have anything to do with, especially admin. I mean, we deal with major accounts, a lot of us, and those the billing can get so out of control so fast and you can lose a customer so quickly that I almost feel like you you can't just send them to admin. Um, and we've restructured things and so that frustrates customers. And I just, I want people to trust that we're gonna take care of their issues for them. And that when you call them, they pick up the phone. Hey, Brenda, how are you? You know, that's the kind of relationship. And then I want them to think, you know, I had a customer ask me, hey, I need an air conditioner for one of their um, computer rooms. Went to it, all covered. We sell that. Hey, they think of me when they have an issue, I'm going to be a problem solver for them, right? And then they're willing to have me come in once or twice a year and sit down and talk to them and present new ideas. And, you know, we go back to the whole par thing. But I, I think you just really want your customers to trust you. And I don't trust anybody else very rarely to take care of them. So I want them to come to me with their problems. Yeah, right, I, think I think that's, I needed to hear that. Great. Thank you, Brenda. <laughs> that's a good way. That's a good way to be. Yeah. I would also love to weigh in on this as well, because I, I think I have some differing opinions, Banks. Um, I don't mind when my customers come to me. Um, I think there it's a kind of a two-way street. Sometimes you have to train your your clients to understand kind of where the boundaries are, but it's up to us to make sure that they know where they need to go. Um, and if they can't get the resolution they need, or if we don't, you know, trust wherever we're sending them, then yes, I would feel more comfortable handling them on, on my own because of that relationship. And it's 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 less out of me wanting to control things and more I just think it's the right thing to do. Um, truthfully, um, just because I don't think clients try to overwhelm us with their issues. Sometimes I think the, the bureaucracy of, of sales can get in the way of a lot of things. And I would love to be the one that kind of helps clear that path for them. Uh, does that mean that I, I want a client calling me and emailing me like every single day about something that I know someone else could handle? No, but then that's also on me to help educate and, and direct where that needs to go so that they don't and then still continue to trust me moving forward with things. Sure. Absolutely. Um, my, my idea of a perfect client would be one that is collaborative. So mm -hmm. they, they come to me with ideas. What do you think about this? Have you done that before? What are you seeing in your, on your side? Are, do you have best practices for this? And then in turn being receptive when, like Brenda mentioned, when I bring new ideas to the table, they actually listen and give me their feedback. And it's not just a, Hey, let me upgrade your copiers. Oh, are we sorry? Are we not supposed to talk about copiers? Oh, that's fine. Uh, you know, let me make a quick sale and move on. It's I, they text me. I, you know, I I have 
I'm sure we all do where we're in, we're in a zoom meeting with 10 other people and the, me and the customer are texting and like laughing about something while the meeting's going on. Like that's the, that's the type of relationship that I do my best to build. Uh, it's not with everybody. It, 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 that can go, you know, inappropriate that can go the wrong way. Um, but you, you can kind of figure out who those contacts are. And when you get to the point where you can text a client during a meeting, in my opinion, that is, that's a huge step. And it's all, it's all about trust and respect because it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy every single thing from you and use you for every single project and service, but they're going to at least give you the opportunity to have the conversation. We're not always going to be the best fit. Right. And I think before you go, Nick, I think that you brought up a really great point as far as being collaborative. Like if you can get in that position or work your way into that position where you're the first step, whenever we're looking to better our business, that's where you want to be, right? That's, I think that's like one of the most successful places to be. And speaking from you and Anastasia's, both of your responses on that, it, it shows. I mean, it, it it shows with that. You know, you gain a lot of trust and insight on their business if you're the person that they reach out to first. And I know, and I know that probably you guys as well have seen those scenarios where someone goes, oh, I just got this. And it's like, well, if you would have asked me, I could have done that for you. You know what I mean? And you missed out on that because you didn't have that relationship built. So I think that that's super important on getting to that level with, oh, hey, Banks might be the guy that I want to reach out to for this. I know that this isn't typically his wheelhouse, but from what he's told me in the past, I think that he might be the person that I reach out to for this. So I think that's a really, really great point, Chloe. I think that's super useful. Um, Nick, anything to add on that? I mean, really, you know, from my support role, one of the, I think, coolest things is seeing that relationship with the reps and the client develop into something. And then, you know, me being able to add something to it. Um, but I think, you know, to all three of the women's point about the clients, it's, it's understanding them. It's understanding what their needs, what their wants are, and having them give the respect back. You know, it was, I'll remember this for a long time. And I think Chloe just said it a couple months ago. But Chloe, Chloe said that customers don't want a bunch of options. They want somebody that they're going to come to and trust and respect, and you're going to give them your recommendation based on, you know, your expertise. And I think about that and it's like, how many times do we get in front of a new client or a current client? And you're like, Hey, here's option a through H and there's subsections for each one. You just pick, tell me what you want. That's not what the client wants. They're looking at 37 different options. They came to you for a reason. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's that respect that the client says, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And I want you to think of the best option for me. So I, I think that's the relationship I see with the reps that are the most successful in this company. And three of them are on this call that they have earned the respect of their clients and they demand it. And the clients are okay with that. So there's so many reps who are so timid around clients. Like, guess what? We all put our pants on the same way every day, maybe a little slower because I'm, I'm, I'm old and crickety now, but we all do it. So I think, I think that's the biggest difference. You know, when you see a really good rep and their clients, it, it's that respect that they have for each other. No one jumps into their pants like I do, Nick. Just so you know, nobody does it. <laughs> Dude, you're I, so tall. How do you? Yeah, how I do jump. you do it? I, I have to jump. I jump. I jump. That's the only way to do it. Jumping. That's the only way. 
Well, thank I you guys. I think that, that was so really... I, Go ahead. I, think, I didn't know Banks was so tall. And one day he told me, I was like, Banks, you need to stand up. And he's like, I'm on a Zoom. And he's like, I was like, stand up. So he like stood up and he was out of the picture. He's like, what does this do for you? And I go, well, watch what happens when I stand up. And I stood up, I go, I'm still in the picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right where you need to be, some would say, you know? <laughs> that's right. Well, this is the last question, just for sake of time. We had a few more, but, um, you know, we're kind of learning as we go. Um, so with sales, you know, it comes with highs and lows. Imagine, you know, it's a, thir a Thursday or Friday and you just find out that this deal that you're counting on to get your quota, it does not go through. They're going with a competitor or they're not making a decision. What do you do? Not like philosophically, but like literally you're driving home, you get home. How do you, you know, wallow in sadness and or knock yourself out of it or cheer yourself up? What do you do? I, cried. I think so. Did you read Brenda? I was gonna say, Brenda, did you did you did you read our emails earlier? Because <laughs> Brenda and I just experienced this. So huh? yes, we did. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, usually I, I give myself a couple of minutes to wallow in it, and I always ask for feedback and say, "Where did you find us lacking?" So that you learn from it. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you get going, I mean, the highs and lows kind of even out a bit, right? It's not so high and it's not so low, and I always figure that it's better to have a lot of things in in the tank so that one little deal isn't going to send you for a spin. And then if I just if I need to just get some anger out, I'm probably going to go for a bike ride or take my dog for a walk mm -hmm. and put the headphones on, listen to some music and forget about the world for a little bit. I like that. That sounds a lot more productive than me crying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't mean, cry. no. To Brenda's point, though, I mean, I think the difference between a veteran rep and a brand new rep is that none of the reps on this call, including myself, would forecast a deal that would put us in jeopardy of not hitting our quota. We always have something in the tank. You always have something that's working. And I'm, I should say there are those one and you know, a hundred times where you're, you're a hundred percent confident getting the paperwork and clients like, yeah, maybe next month. And you're like, but all three of these women have built a program for their clients that they know, they know what's going on. They're not going to be blindsided. Brenda and I were blindsided today. So we one were. in a hundred, there we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but you know, it, it's okay. You know, we, a lot of people put pressure on us to hit our quotas every month, every quarter, every year. Guess what? Not curing cancer. We're not. And at the end of the day, life is more important than hitting quota. So when I get mad, when I get upset, I've got a wife, I've got a dog, I've got a daughter, I've got a healthy family. Life goes on. I'll do better next month. And Chloe, what do you think? What do you do? What are your, your actions? I mean, I blame everybody else, but myself. Of <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Not my fault. Are you kidding me? Right. Never your fault. No, I, yeah, I get, I get pissed. I probably call my manager and we just bitch together about it and we blame everybody else. And then, uh, then we just take a deep breath and the next day we're like, okay, who cares? We'll fix, we'll fix it. We'll figure something out. I, yeah. To Nick's point, I don't, 
and that, that was my initial thought. And Naomi, this is not like a diss on your question by any means, but if you are, if you are relying on one deal to hit your quota, that's problem number one. So mm-hmm. unless you're a brand new rep starting out, you know, and starting out means the first two years of being here, let's be real. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I still get really, I, I feel bad for Brenda and Nick that they got blindsided. <laughs> that feeling never mm-hmm. gets easier. It sucks. And I think it's just the amount of time that you allow yourself to be upset and let it affect you and, you know, move on. Yeah. But it's never my fault. (laughs) Never. Did you say something to me, Ben? Yeah, I was basically going to ask you on your input on it. Oh, I, can I say that I have a glass of wine? Is that kosher yeah. on this call? Oh, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. All right. I, well, I'm here for the details. I, so so <laughs> I'm usually really laid back. But um, yeah, whenever I feel like I've failed somehow, which, I, yes, I go through the little stage of blaming everyone else but myself. And then the stage of where I blame myself. And then yeah. I like kind of wallow in my self-pity oh. for a while and my glass of wine. Um I'm Greek, so I can get really angry really easily sometimes. So I got to work that anger out, you know, listen to some music, have a glass of wine, maybe cry a few tears, thanks, just just for you, you know, and then uh, move on. Yeah, it's life's too short, but I'll, I allow myself the, the time to be mad. Yeah, and I think that that's that topic and that question, like for, for you guys, you know, that seems, I mean... I don't want to say easier, but it's kind of like you've, you've dealt with that before. So you know how to handle it. Right. So, and we all came into this position from different fields, right? We're not all just, we've been in sales forever. We've started at the, at the snack shack whenever we were 15 years old selling candy and now we're selling whatever we sell now. So I, I think that there's people that move into this business that don't necessarily know how to handle it. Right. So for example, like in, in my first year here, there was a deal that came up that was going to put me, oh my gosh, like 180% of my annual quota, just if I hit this one deal. And it was one that we worked on for weeks and it wasn't set in stone that we were going to get it, but it was that thought that we might, and that I might get this and I might start planning out things that I'm going to do whenever I get this and things like that. And then it didn't fall through. And that, that kind of bring you down to earth moment is something that people aren't necessarily used to dealing with. Um, so it, it can be tough. And and it's, it's kind of interesting to hear you guys all say kind of, you shouldn't be in that position. You know, you shouldn't be putting yourself in a position where you losing that really has an effect on um, either, whether it be your quota or um, your plan moving forward. You know, you shouldn't have it planned where a certain deal hits and that's how you move forward. So I think that's a really yeah. great question to end on. But I um, appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I just for sake of time, we we have to wrap up. And I I want to thank all of you. And I have to say, like I told Banks, um, this is my ulterior motive where I wanted to get all the people who are so good at sales since I'm new. And I've I've been here just over a year. And um, even though I'm older than all of you, I am so honored to learn so much. <laughs> I want to see Brenda's um, reaction when you said that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm thinking that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk later. <laughs> I've been here 30 years. So okay, there you go. Right. 
Well, I appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you so much for being on this call. It was a really great time. Thank you all. Yeah, Thanks thank you. for having us, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.